1: It's Bigfoot Collectors Club
2: with Bryce and (laughs) Michael. I know a ghost story or two.
0: Let's do this. <laughs> Love it. Hi, guys. Welcome to Bigfoot Collectors Club. I'm your host, Michael McMillan. And with me always is your other host, Bryce Johnson. Hi, Bryce. How's it going? Uh, so, this is the podcast where we share cool stories from paranormal history and interview celebrity guests about their own strange encounters. This is episode 11, part four of our Crazy Ex Girlfriend Month. I play Tim on Crazy X Girlfriend, and every week this month we have a different employee from the White Feather and Associates Law Offices. So cool. With us this week, you guys are in for a real treat because she's coming in loaded. <laughs> uh, she plays Paula on Crazy X Girlfriend. You can see her in the film Downsizing. And she is a star of the Broadway stage as well. Please welcome Donna Lynn Champlin. Wow. Hi. Hi, Hi. I'm so excited to have you on the show because uh, out of all the guests we've had so far, I think you might be the most experienced when it comes to the paranormal.
1: I would put money on it. I would wow. put a lot of money on it. Great. Yeah.
0: I just made a lot of
2: money. Yeah. I bet, Riley,
0: <laughs> $2,000. You're
2: screwed, Riley. I know. I heard about you. I'm very excited.
1: Oh, I see. My reputation proceeds. Yeah.
0: So what... Is your personal paranormal history, Donna?
1: Well, ever Donna since Lynn. I was a Do you prefer sm- Donna
0: Lynn or Donna? I what? always call you Donna. Yeah,
1: no, it doesn't DL. matter. DL. I don't have a preference. Okay, cool. Um, it started when I was very, very small, and I was... Of course, I was raised Irish Catholic, but I always had an affinity for... The occult, from a very, very early age. I remember we went to the public library and I would sneak, like I would be going to the porn section, you know, Ooh, but then yeah. I would go to the occult section.
2: And wow. Have I, you checked out the porn section, I love, too? That, I love <laughs> that, that it... <laughs> the public
1: library. Yeah, it has I love it pretty it good... It's porn.
2: extensive. <laughs> That's the same for me. Porn and then ancient mysteries. Right yeah, it's top. all the same. You go? Yeah. Um And you grew up where?
1: I grew up in Rochester, New York. Okay. Um, and a uh, very Irish Catholic family. And uh, I remember I found a book of spells, but it was white magic, and so my mom... I kind of snowed her. And so You're like, I... mom, it's,
0: it encourages me to grow herbs in the garden. It's saints. <laughs> it was all saints. Ah, That's how I got away with it. Amazing.
1: And um, I. so I started practicing at the tender age of like five or six and um, not really knowing what I was doing. And then I've always had a, an affinity for Halloween and I've always had an affinity for ghosts, the paranormal, um, aliens, all that stuff. And um, When I was older and I moved to New York, I got hooked up with a metaphysician and I became her apprentice. Oh, wow. And we opened up a reflexology shop where we did a lot of witchy stuff, good witchy stuff. Yeah. Um, But because of my experience with um, Judy Wicker, uh, I have been uh, an apprentice and an assistant on quite a few paranormal experiences and then you know you work in the theater you work regionally you know you get put into these old houses you know that were built in the 1800s and there's tons of stuff going on in there so the theater is constantly just ghosts everywhere if if you're paying attention
2: and for our listeners who is judy wicker
1: judy wicker was the metaphysician that i worked with in new york and um she's legendary within certain circles And uh, yeah, and so I worked with her and I learned reflexology, tirology, numerology. Um, I would go get her herbs. I I love
2: that because it's actually applied science towards like... The
1: science of mind, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, you know, the whole idea of what you put out, you get back tenfold. And, you know, that's karma, that's the golden rule, that's everything. Yeah, And we studied not only the occult, but we studied um, all different religions. Um, So it was just a really fantastic sort of break in my um, performing career.
0: I had no clue... That you were that into. I mean I
1: Well you don't I had a company called Tarology too Where I would Where I read tarot cards why and read we tarot not, I've and,
0: known you for two years This is the first time we're really taught I mean I knew about The Halloween thing Well because you, we're always
1: At work Or well, we're always with my son Who's six And so like it's hard To kind of like This ease is why into, we started This
0: podcast Exactly
1: to, But that's a huge Part of my life Huge
0: I, I thought you had just Been on some ghost hunting oh, Expeditions No
1: I was a member Of the New York ghost chapter
0: That's but, You told me that Yeah Okay so what, what's is, that What's that Okay
1: well, it's a. Unfortunately, I don't know much about it because they, of course, did all their expeditions at night, and I worked in the theater and mm-hmm. I worked at night. So mm-hmm. after a while, they were like, "You can never come." Right. So and I was like, "Yeah, good You're point." Like, Schedule You're like,
0: something for Monday nights. Do, <laughs> exactly, Sunday nights, Monday hunts. nights,
1: I'll be there. Um, but I have like I also love whenever I go to a new city. I mean, I studied in Oxford, and I New Orleans, obviously, is a fantastic place. I will try and um, hook up with some sort of. I mean, they do always have those ghost tours, but if you know what you're looking for, you can find kind of more of an official part of an ongoing um, investigation mm-hmm. with maybe a paranormal unit in the local college, you know, something that's a little more um, in, in, invested in not somebody. Not so who, touristy. Not so touristy. Sure. I you love know, that. the nuts and bolts of it's a great ghost story, but I wanna go in with an EVP. I wanna go in with divining rods. I wanna, you know.
0: How yeah. does your uh, ghost hunting? uh work intersect with the more traditional uh not uh, would you call it Wiccan what would you call I'm it? I'm a Wiccan yeah. okay great so yeah. how, do, how do those two in the Venn diagram, what's the intersection there?
1: uh as far as Wiccan and what
0: community uh, ghost hunting like
1: oh well, I mean, because uh, I wouldn't necessarily I mean, put w- them together. No, Wiccan is more of a. I mean, like any religion, it's a. Yeah. It's a way of living. It's a. It's a way to make sense of the world that makes you a better person. And a philosophy. From, it's a philosophy, and you know the ghost hunting is. It, I don't. I think that that Venn diagram goes across all religions. Christians believe in ghosts. J- J- Judaism. I mean, everybody believes in an afterlife. Mm-hmm. So I don't think the ghost. Stuff really has much to do with being Wiccan as ghost being part of a human experience that right. we all have right. a curiosity. So you're about.
0: just a Wiccan who happens to be into ghosts as well.
1: Yeah, right. but I think being I think Wiccan that's... lends itself to a more well, un- that's open my question. Spiritual... So, what tools have tools... seeker. Well, as far as being Wiccan, we know we, we're very much about the um the veil and when it's thinnest and when it's thickest and solstice and Beltane and sowain And it, it's all about, it's all about the rhythms of the earth and the rhythms of the, the world, the planet. And um, so the science behind that is there are certain times of year and there are certain days where those things are heightened. Like, for instance you know it's based on the druid calendar
2: mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. philosophy
1: and so a lot of that stuff like i went to stonehenge um i went to a lot of great kind of kind of chalk circles when i was in school in england and you know the science behind that is that you know some people believe it's a calendar there's because at certain times of the year religiously <laughs> ritualistically the sun will come up you know behind a certain stone and then Six months later, the sun will set behind a certain stone. And so also considering that, you know, the Wiccan belief of the power of the earth, that's also, you know, transverse lines of energy. And so there are hotspots, obviously. Stonehenge is a hotspot. Sedona is a hotspot. And these are places where... Uh, you know The energy lines Of the earth Intersect and cross And become more powerful The ley lines yeah. The ley lines No this
2: vibes With all the stuff We talk about
1: Yeah So I think Certainly Wiccans Are more open To the fact That it's not so much Woo woo But more actual Applicable science sure. Geological science Whereas Christians Me having sort of Experienced both sides Christians are a bit more Scared And a bit more wary And a bit more Oh it's out of my control But that was just
0: Bad branding <laughs> You know what I mean? Like that that, 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 that was—they're working that, on it. That was a result of an act of an active campaign by the church to be like, don't believe in this pagan well, stuff. Well, you know, God while, the while, church, while, but they took all the, exactly, all the good stuff it for the crit.
1: pagan, I'm took all the saying, pagan holidays. Uh,
0: Here's all the all of our myths come from. Like, there's so much stuff that comes from Egypt and Osiris when yeah, it comes that's to right. Jesus. Yeah, and then. All the Christian traditions
2: come Christmas, from Easter, the, Dr- yeah. the well, druids know, and, just and had, the Nords. I mm-hmm. just had this conversation. I have a six-year-old, and you, are, you, you oftentimes find yourself at a uh, at a crossroads because here you are. You know, you're you're working these wonderful. Pagan holidays like yeah. Santa Claus and all these Easter bunnies. And then you're trying to discuss with them the greater truths, like who are we? Where'd we come from? Like yeah. where are we going? You well, know we had and it, a
1: lot of deaths in my family too, and that's a really interesting thing to try and explain to a child.
2: Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean those are those are big questions, you know. Um yeah, I forgot my, uh, what my.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Now we're talking about
2: dead family members. Oh, I'm sorry, Kinda I brought really- down the
1: whole damn oh my- room. I'm sorry, everybody.
2: <laughs> no, but I I remember my point. I was going to say it's it's no wonder so many people can become confused, or it actually empowered me to 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 um to really f- ask the big questions. You know what I mean? Because you know when you tell a kid this is real and then this is not, or this is real and you're not supposed to believe that, it can all be so confusing. You know?
1: extremely.
2: Um, but that's why we have to ask these great questions. And, and you know, I, I love that we all do that, you know?
1: Well, I had, yeah, I had a question. My my son is sort of asking about religions. My husband's Jewish and I'm Wiccan. And, you know, so it, it's this very question of, of, you know, why are there different religions? And, you know, I, I just pretty much land on the... Whole, you know, each one has a set of rules. They all have the same rule, though, which is do unto others. Every mm-hmm. single religion has that. The
2: golden rule, sure. And
1: you know, that's basically, you know, for now, let's focus on that.
2: Right, yeah. that right. And then if you want to, you, explore you when find you're your, older.
0: yeah, your your own avenue as you get older. Yeah. Um. So, uh, we we tend to we so we've covered ghosts a little bit, and I know you have uh, something for us. Uh, I do. And then. Uh, what about where do you come to? Where's your mind set at with things like Bigfoot and extraterrestrials? I believe it all. Yeah.
1: I think it's insane to not believe it. I think it's arrogant and egotistical to not. At least entertain the possibility. You know, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going out of my way to prove it.
0: Right. I, I'm just. Uh, we I'm are. I know. <laughs> we we literally have fight. a show about it. Fight the so good fight. I, if I'm you need, absolutely. If you need a platform, this is it.
1: I'm on board because you know, for me especially. Again it's It's a way of thinking that makes me a better person. I mean, I grew up again, Irish Catholic, and I was not as good of a person, I don't think as I am now, as a Wiccan and as someone who believes that all these things are possible. So, um, yeah, I'm down for it all. I think I think it all it's all real. It all makes sense to me,
2: it, awesome. It, we all live on such a a, a mystifying planet. i I, I having a wonder about it gives me like, gives me hope it gets me excited it, well, like you know the mystery is so much fun
0: I need a little bit of this in my life otherwise I would get depressed yeah you know sure. what I mean especially uh, you know it's uh, I was last episode I was kind of kicking around we were talking a little bit why why now why this podcast now like I'm sort of sort of having this sort of existential moment with this show and I mean look at what's going on in the world right now look at what's happening in this country with the politics and everything and it's not escape necessarily, but it. I think this stuff becomes a tool to teach your brain to look at things a little bit differently and with an open mind and with imagination. Yeah. Well, and to avoid
2: the cacophony of chaos, the surround- cacophony. Yeah, are you sure it's not the cacophony? Well, that too. But surrounding headlines and stories in popular culture, I put myself in a bubble lately. Yeah. I don't. I don't watch the news. I don't get it's online. Hard. And because I just want to, you My, know.
1: Judy used to say, you know, you have to be careful what you watch with you. You can poison yourself through your eyes oh, as well. It's she a poisoning
2: to, time right yeah, now. Yeah, she was Absolutely. like, you can't
1: unsee stuff. You have to remember that you can't unhear and you can't unsee stuff. So yeah. be really, really careful. I'm currently
0: off social media with the exception of the podcast, just primarily to avoid the Last Jedi spoilers. Right. We're recording right. this the days before it comes out. <laughs> but I got to tell you, even in the past 24 hours, the fact I'm not like constantly checking in with my Facebook or Instagram, just just out of sheer boredom mm-hmm. like it's this healthier. this thing to you know we should have quiet moments sitting alone oh, think God, about it. I long when you were a child those. you had so many moments where you just <laughs> sat alone and you were bored well i you...
1: left facebook completely yeah that after was the first of the year i left it completely <sighs> but i also just randomly today i was doing my laundry and i forgot my phone and so i was sitting in the laundry room singing christmas carols, and i thought <laughs> oh, i never would have done this this
0: is awesome That's yeah listen i want our listeners to find us on facebook because we do share really cool photos about this but i'm realizing it's for me it's way better as a tool to prop this show and to share the photos that we talk about on the show oh it's a great company but i've i've really been checking out personally on what's going on there yeah yeah um, okay, so Donna Lynn, yes. you have something that you brought for us today. I do. So what's this? What's okay. the story? So
1: when I was in New Orleans, um, I w- w- hooked up with this exp- ongoing ghost expedition. And it was crazy because <laughs> I didn't realize how official it was until I kind of showed up. So anyway, so I go and there's this huge, well, like 30 of us, there's a huge bus. They tell us to get on the bus. And we're like, right. Mmm. So we drive to this dead part of town. And it was, was it right before Katrina? It was, it was, there was no electricity. There was no grid. There was nothing. There was a cop that came and... I mean, because it was just desolate, and so they said, "Okay, everybody, here's a bunch of ev- here's a bunch of uh, you know d- uh, divining rods and EVP. What are those? The thing that well, what we all had, you know, our personal cameras and our personal mm-hmm, sure.
0: whatever the electronic uh, the
1: electro- And electronic. I had a little electronic recorder, digital um, recorder,
0: and for is it the EMP meters? Oh, not well, EMP? EVP is What's the electronic one? What's voice the thing with the captures- energy? What's
1: the one with oh, the.
0: Oh, uh, the, the those little uh, meters that I know. That's like it's like what Egon walked right, exactly, around with those things, yeah. So
1: they had a pile of those and they said, everybody grab, you know, and they said, just a heads up, any of you with cameras or digital recorders, your batteries are going to die. So you might as well take this and we have done some tons of extra batteries and blah, blah, blah. So we were put into groups of, I think five or six, my group happened to be all women. And all they did was they were like, we're not going to tell you anything. We want you to go into, it was a three hour thing for the first two hours. A
2: three hour hour tour. tour. (laughs) Sorry. And
1: they, they said, stick with your group. Um, mostly for safety, and then you, have, of course, had to sign an agreement that was like, you know, if anything happens to me, I don't I won't sue you, which I sign a lot at <laughs> the Eastern State Penitentiary. I find everywhere I go I'm sending these, yeah, sure, sign my life away. So I was very – so we went through the whole thing, two hours. You went in all these different rooms, very decrepit, very weird. I'm an empath, much to my own disappointment, um, because uh, I would love to hear voices and see things, but I just don't. So I went – with this group, and I took pictures dutifully, I turned my digital thing on, I did the whatevers, and I didn't think anything of it, I was so pissed.
2: And Donna, where is this? This is in a penitentiary?
1: No, this is just um, a, ha- this a, is ghost, a house, a ghost, house. ghost, ghost, ghost house. house, a hundred part year old house, a old, house old, in, old in, old a in a house. desolate neighborhood with no grid In New great,
0: Orleans. Great,
1: And And um, no parallax. Real quick,
0: nothing. before you go on, you said you're an empath, but you don't hear voices, or so, so what do you... What, what? An,
1: what is that, an yeah. audiopath? Or oh, okay, so an empath,
0: you sense the emotions. So
1: you walk in a room and you feel, you get an overwhelming feeling of sadness or euphoria or fear you can or pick up the energy you feel you fee- and it's 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 i it's i for me it's the most unexciting of the psychic powers but there, <laughs> that's the one i have and um
2: i mean hey you won the actor, psychic
1: lottery
0: you got some psychic powers quit <laughs> yeah, really. your bitching
1: everyone has psychic powers y'all don't realize which ones you have yet though um so we go through the whole thing i'm so upset because everybody in my group has had an experience. They felt a pinch. They felt this. They felt that. They heard that. They saw that. I got bubkissed. I was so mad. Mm. So then at the end of it, we go down, and the last hour is you sit as a group, and they tell you the history of the house. And then if people have pictures, digital pictures— you know, they they verify and say, you know, blah, 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 blah. This is Oh, good. that's the that old colonel.
0: This is yeah. the lady in and wife. They
1: have this whole thing about, you know, there was this old married couple that the husband lived on the bottom floor and the woman lived on the top floor and they hated each other and they shouted at each other all the time. The bathroom's got a particularly nasty dude. Like they had they knew all these people. And the history of this house, it had been a brothel, a prison, um, an orphanage, uh, a drug den. Jesus. This one house. Over the hundred, hundred and fifty years of it had had so much psychic This is like
0: the house in it. So it was kind
1: it's kinda if you're not gonna experience something in that house, you're just you know, you're shit out of luck. So right. I oh, was boy. really so I thought, oh well, damn it. I didn't get anything. You know, I filled up my thing. And you didn't you know? feel
0: anything at all? I
1: mean I yes, but that for me is normal. Right. It's a you know, like you I could... would walk into a room and I'd feel overwhelming. What did you feel when
0: you walked into this studio? <gasps>
1: So warm and wonderful. You're such a loving. Energy. I sense a
0: darkness. She's hiding beneath <laughs> it. I'm in so
1: much pain. Help me. Oh, no. um, so, uh, and then, they, uh, you know, they give you a, a card and it says, listen, if you check your devices, then uh, if you find anything, send it to us and we'll verify whether it's real or not. So, I didn't even think about it. I was so depressed. <laughs> and I a couple I days wonder
0: later, why. I, <laughs>
1: exactly. So I pick out my digital recorder and I think, oh, well, I'll just listen to it. I'm sure the battery you know, because the time I walked out, the batteries were dead and I assumed I'd gotten five minutes. Yeah. I had almost like 90 minutes. I don't know how it happened. And so I was really listening to it and mm-hmm. I I captured two. I actually thought I felt I captured five. I sent all five to the to the group. So this is
0: like later after the trip. You're going like, through the ninety minutes. I'm home. And go, I'm yeah, in New yeah, York. Yeah. You yeah. know,
1: I'm I'm like, well, I'll just listen to it. And so I emailed the um, the EVPs to them, and they verified too. An
0: EVP again stands for electronic okay. voice phenomena. That's for people who don't know.
1: And they what it, that is is that's a voice that most. Usually is not heard by the ear, by the people in the room, but um, electronic equipment is so sensitive it will pick it up. And the the interesting thing about it is that – just remember, my group was all women. There was no men around. Mm -hmm. And um, you can hear when we talk, there's an acoustic ring. Our voices are in the space and bouncing off the space. And the EVP is very flat. Mm. It has no acoustic – um, character mm. so these are the Interesting. do you want to play both of them or wanted to oh, talk? Um, you
0: cannot tell. This is, uh, which one is this Riley's um, at the board with the EVPs you can um, and feel free to talk Riley even though camera doesn't pick you up or the camera <laughs> he
1: can't <laughs> I sent you two one is um, I call it hey you stop making noise and just you can listen to it you'll hear it and then I'll tell you who it is it's right near you I'm feeling it. It's right in your <laughs> Oh. Hey there, stop making noise. Hey there, stop making
0: noise. I heard it. Whoa, it's really flat. It sounded like a man.
1: Yeah, it is man. That's the husband that lives on the ground floor. And they, literally, when I sent it to them, they were like, "Don't tell us where you were. Don't tell us anything about it. Let us listen to it." And they said, "You were on the ground floor in this certain in this corner." And I was like, "Yeah." And they said, "Okay, that's I don't remember his name, but they were, and they gave me the whole history of this hey guy." Hey
0: there, stop making noise. God, God. Stop like that. Man, can we a noise? hear
2: that one more time, man? I that was amazing. Hey
1: there,
0: stop making noise.
2: Remember, these are all women.
1: He hates women too, so he hated our group in particular.
2: Voted for, voted for Trump. Listen close.
0: Whoa.
1: And they do that on purpose, actually. They told us they make a group of women, all women, and a group of men, all men, because there are a particular entities mm-hmm. who hate the opposite gender or, yeah, yeah, or yeah. love the same gender. And so they do it on purpose because they always know the group of women, all women, is going to get that guy. Mm. Wow. And then the second one, this, um, well, it's just, it every time I listen to it, it gives me shivers. I'll, I'll, I'll just let you listen to it, and then we we'll talk about it after.
0: If you want us to leave this room, please cross the garage. It's
1: almost.
2: A- Oh, gee! Thanks God. for that, <laughs> Every time
1: I listen to it. Okay, so Great. who was
0: asking the question? Who was the woman asking the that question? That wasn't me.
1: There that was
2: another woman. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, goosebumps. Riley's going said, goosebumps.
1: Down she She said, jaw, "If you want, arms. if you want us to leave, please cross the rods," which was our way of uh, a yes or no. Yeah, yes or no. Got it. So the cross was, and you just establish yes or no questions, and before you get into each room, you say. Yes, you know, no, or whatever. And then you kind of use that as you go. But that, and then they said, okay, that was taken in, the, that was in the bathroom. That guy's a particularly nasty can dude. We,
2: can we do that one one more time? Oh, again, God, Molly. okay. Just, uh,
1: but he, he also. That's hates the bathroom
2: women. one, huh? The guy. He's a, in the a murderer
1: and a rapist, and he was probably thrilled that a bunch of ladies were in there.
2: Wow. Yeah. Listen again.
1: Oh God! That
0: almost sounded like a woman to me, though, like an evil. Witch I don't know. They, not me. I don't. They, know. They, yeah.
1: they, you know. They, again, they were like, "Send us the EVP. Send us the files. Do not tell us anything about it. Don't tell us where you were. Don't tell us what room <sighs> you're in." And they came back and they were like, "Oh yeah, that's mm-hmm. blah blah blah."
0: That sounded demonic. Yeah, to me. it that did sounds, not sound That sounds right. almost like a malevolent spirit, not so much but a human. But
1: you can just I see the Not that I'm equating
0: a woman's laugh no, with no, no, the no. malevolence. But the yeah. empath
1: in me uh feels uh, it, it, yeah, I just feel wrong. I just feel so wrong when I I just you know. And
0: these are photos. Uh, Donna Lynn brought photos from the I did. uh is this the the where you were? Is this the same?
1: These aren't cuz my photos were for crap. I told you. I oh, got yeah. I got nothing I walked out of there thinking I got buff kissed and then I ended up with these like class A EVP's. Oh
0: wow. And then there's some photos here with orbs and what we'll do is if you go to our Facebook page, we'll put all <clears> of these <throat> up in in the episode yeah, uh, 11 photo album. Yeah, this is my album. favorite.
1: This is in the Queen Anne Hotel in San Francisco. I will of course, in any. It's a city. woman
0: sitting in a hotel lobby. It's me. Oh, that's you.
1: That's me. My mom took this picture. Oh wow. Um.
0: Oh yeah, there you are.
1: And I. Um, and there's
0: a giant blue
2: orb hovering over. That's you. wild. Now here's the question: Orbs. Is it
1: orbiting or is it sitting? Right next to me well,
2: yeah. Or on my lap now, now orbs are directly connected to UFO phenomena As well as paranormal uh, ghost encounter I've, phenomena I've caught,
0: an or- I've caught orbs on film before At a haunted
2: hotel in Hortons, Kansas yeah.
0: You can see the tracer of the I've orb got one on video. photo to photo
2: Myself yeah. from Halloween night It's crazy
1: One of my favorite places is the Myrtles Plantation. You guys probably know. You know about that? It's about two and a half hours out of NOLA. Mm -hmm. And um, I, of course, (laughs) stay there. Any place I can stay that's like certifiably haunted, I'll stay. Wow. And this place, this picture here, it looks like sort of a smoke ring. Um, it's a picture it's of a when courtyard. you guys are looking out in a courtyard and there, there are some very famous ghost photos from this plantation. The story is that um, one of the uh, slaves at mm-hmm. the time, um, I believe, tried to murder the master of the house and, or something and she got her ear cut off. And so it's a lot of
2: aye, aye, aye.
1: very, very strifey.
2: You know, um I just want to say, this is, you know, it's like so many people ask for, where's the evidence, you know? And it's like, here you go, Donnellan, <laughs> into the cavity, and you come out with evidence. And we get to look at it, and we get to hear it with our own voices, and we get to let our guts make an, uh, make a, uh, an integral opinion about it. And some people and make yet, physical contact. And there's half of us that are going to listen to it, and then there's the other half of us that aren't and so but that's
1: okay yeah like I think that's all right because those people who don't they will find something that that hopefully will make them a better and not a worse person and if living like that and if it's too much, if it's too much for them to think yeah. that that the there are things that exist outside the box, then God I think bless people them. People are just you know? afraid
0: to feel foolish or sure. look foolish.
1: Well, it's also a loss of control. You yeah. know, I mean, things like the Bible and the Quran, You know, they they're instruction manuals, and if you read them in a certain way, they they tell you what to do, and they tell you black and white, and they tell you this is right and that is wrong, and that's a great comfort to a many, many, uh, so many people who perhaps might be afraid to no, think for themselves.
0: <laughs> because
1: when you think for yourself, you have to take responsibility for yourself, and that's a terrifying prospect, you know oh yeah, it is um oh, boy, but you know i so i I also find that people who are think more outside the box tend to be people I mean, I don't want to generalize, but you know tend to be people who aren't so afraid of what ifs well, yeah I'll, I'll,
0: and,
2: you know trying new experiences and, and thinking maybe accepting I'm wrong. different types of people, yeah. yeah. No, it's true. I often tell this story. I think it was from an episode I did that UFOs in Topanga, one couple gets out and they're literally looking at it for minutes. There's another couple in the back that they see it, but they just won't address it. You know, they just say, what is that? So weird, right? I know. And then they just keep talking. They move on. Mm-hmm. They move right on. Was so. A-
1: Fascinating article, I, I think, by Ezra Klein in, in Vox just today, just talking oh, cool. about the political climate and how your your brain as well as your body will throw up a defense mechanism. Mm-hmm. And you will believe what you need to believe if it's big enough to crash your way of thinking. Well, yeah. you
2: know, last episode I talked about the 1952 Washington invasion. And, you know, this was at a political time. It's a UFO, it's UFO yeah. a, it's encounter. A, it's a UFO DC. encounter. But you talk about what's going on in, in current events. And it was at such a time where there was so much turmoil, I think it parallels very closely to what we are feeling and what's happening very much today. And, you know, Mike's even going to segue into... Well, into his story later, which oh, kind of like... Picks fought. up on the heels of that. It picks up right on the heels of the 52 Washington UFO news. I love
1: it. Let's hear it. Yeah,
0: we'll go right to it. We're going to... First of all, Donna Lynn, thank you. That, that was, was super
2: good fucking awesome. I'm so excited. So yeah. cool.
1: Yay.
0: God. Hey there. I, what
2: a, keep treat. It down a
1: little That would
2: be me, noise. right? If I'm on a hot... I mean, I'd be like... Can you guys stop? Can you guys not argue? It's like, so I don't stop. hate women. That I'm would just... be my ghost thing. Stop arguing. But stop in, arguing with their sister.
1: But stop in, <laughs> in reality, though, that's probably just, for him, being he's a father. probably going, hey there, stop making noise. Right. You know, That's probably his reality. But by the time it gets to all the filters, through. it sounds
2: very, hey there, stop making noise. Wow. We're going to okay. get back to that Oof. on what the hell was that. Well, yes.
0: we're not going to stop making noise. We are going to take a quick break. And then yep. when we come back, it's time for our high strangeness story of Ooh, the
2: week. shakalaka. <laughs> hey, guys. Bryce Johnson here. Each week, we post exclusive photos with our guests and great visual aids on Instagram at Bigfoot Collectors Club and on Facebook and Twitter at Bigfoot underscore C-Club. Check them out. You don't want to miss them. Thanks for listening.
0: Okay, guys. So, what, what it's a time for high strangeness. Yeah.
2: What were we gonna say what a, I was gonna say? What a treat! That, I know those audio. <laughs> we could
0: quit, <laughs> We could end this episode now, and you've already got your money's so worth, oh which God. is nothing. We it's,
1: all have to go out for a drink yeah. though, because I have so oh, many stories. On well, that. that's Love
2: great. it. What a treat for our <laughs> listeners. So
0: uh, last week uh, we had Danny Jollis as a guest, Danny. and uh, Bryce talked about the um, the flying saucer UFO activity that was happening. All throughout uh, the summer of 1952. The summer and of saucers, in particular, yeah. there was a big flap over the Washington, D.C. area. So we're talking about, you know, near Virginia, Maryland. And uh, today, we're going to talk about a story that happened in September of 1952 on the heels of one of the busiest UFO um, summers in, in American history. And at the time... Uh, UFOs and flying saucers are becoming more and more popular in in pop culture and in science fiction and like uh, comic books and movies. And a lot of this has to do with the uh, fear of the Cold War and the upcoming war with Korea and fear of invasion. Except there's been a lot of actual eyewitness stuff happening. So this is the story of the Flatwoods Monster.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> One of my all-time favorite uh, cryptids Yeah. So, uh, the Flatwoods it, This is a what we would call a close encounter Involving the Flatwood Mon- Flatwoods Monster A.K.A. the Braxton County Monster The Green Monster And the Phantom of Flatwoods um, This took place in Flatwoods, West Virginia On September 12, 1952 Now, this story, as I said Comes on the heels of, of last week's story Of the 1952 UFO Flap and in the small town of Flatwoods, West Virginia, night was beginning to fall. This is a rural town. There are farms. There's, you know, there's probably a little um, Main Street area. But it, if, if you look at photos of it and you do research, it's, it's a rural town. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> it's in the dead center of, of, uh, of, of uh, West Virginia. So Fred and uh, Eddie May, two schoolboys... Were playing football with their friends, Tommy Heyer and Ronnie Shever. And I think uh, these guys, these kids were all elementary school age. I think the youngest was six, and the eldest was maybe 11 or 12. Now, in the empty uh, schoolyard where they were playing, they looked up and saw a giant, almost pear-shaped, flaming red ball shoot overhead. And the boys watched as it arced, over the mountain range near the school, turned at a 45 degree angle, stopped and then lowered behind uh, the trees. The boys freak out. And I love this story, too, because this reminds me of like playing outside with all my friends growing up in Kansas. And, and like, oh, I would just wish something like this would happen. <laughs> totally. So all the boys go running and screaming to, the, to Kathleen May, Eddie and Fred's mother. And she lived like across the street from the school. So this is all nearby. So they run inside and they go, some of the boys say it's a meteor. Some of the other boys say, nope, it's a flying saucer. Kathleen, being kind of a cool mom, she goes, all right, well, let's go take a look. And she grabs uh, Eugene Lemon, who's her cousin, who's an 18-year-old National Guard uh, Guardsman. And his buddy, uh, I think Neil Numbly is his name. Numbie? Uh Let me just double check that. Yeah, Neil Numby. So this craft or this object had landed uh, at the Bailey Fisher farm, which was near their house. So they all in a pack start walking up the dirt road through the farm and uh, as they head up they as they head up the the road, they have to eventually the from what I understand, the the dirt road ends, and then they have to cross through like a fence, and then another fence to get to where the boys saw this object land. And as they're walking up the road, they're accompanied by Eugene's dog and a neighbor collie, and then uh, a, a neighbor collie, and then uh, in some of the reports, there was there was also a third dog. So there's about seven people and three dogs walking up the hill.
2: Well, it's basically, hey, everybody, come check this
0: out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So as they're walking up, they hear strange mechanical sounds. They start to hear weird sizzling noise. Uh, Kathleen went on later to say that it sounded like uh, like breakfast frying on the, on the fryer, on the stovetop, like bacon sizzling. And a, uh, the dog, one of the dogs, uh, Eugene's dog, runs up ahead and disappears over the crest, barks wildly and then comes running back to the group with his tail tucked under his leg. Now, a couple of the boys, the younger boys, stay behind at the fence as Kathleen and Eugene Lemon and uh, his other buddy and one of the other boys continue up. The dogs stay behind.
2: Bryce would stay behind as well. Yeah, I would be like... Just to make sure everybody's okay that didn't go and look.
0: But as, (laughs) as this has been happening, also this strange mist, almost an exhaust, starts rolling down the hills. And the smell is really bad. And the, this mist starts to burn their eyes and their noses and their throat. Uh, and it's, and it's ir- irritating at first. It's not burning them alive, but it's bothering them. They're coughing. They're feeling nauseous. Now, off to the right, uh, they spot the craft in a field. And it's a glowing red, uh, almost pear-shaped ball. And that's when, up to the left, there's an oak tree, and Eugene sees what he thinks are two raccoon eyes up in the tree. So he turns his flashlight on this thing, and suddenly these eyes light up with the yellow lights and start beaming out at everybody. Kathleen said, the mother said, she was like 32, 34 at the time, she said that when they put their uh, flashlights on this thing, it lit up like a Christmas tree. Wow. What it, like
1: reflected the light? Well, or, oh, here's okay. the thing: oh, okay. the
0: object itself, the creature, lit up. Oh, okay. Like a Christmas tree. Now, here's the thing, and we'll get into this
1: uh-huh.
0: later. As the story spread, the Flatwoods Monster was uh, depicted to be a flesh and blood creature, and I'll show you a photo. It almost looks like a uh, like a witch, and this is the photo that I saw when I was like, "It's not a photo; it's a drawing, a composite." Uh, That I saw when I was a kid that freaked me out. Mm. But in actuality, (laughs) and and one of the reasons it was drawn this way was they described it as having a round head like a helmet, a bright red round head with two glowing eyes that were like portholes in a ship. Look at that. That is... In addition to the round head, there was a helm shaped like an ace of spades on top of it. The strange being had no arms, but the witnesses described short claws or antennas sticking out from the side. The base of the creature was described as a cylindrical skirt or cone with pleats, as Kathleen described them, or they were pipes. It seemed mechanical, Mm -hmm. and it was hovering like a rocket. Like it, the bottom looked like a rocket booster, and it was hovering towards them uh, and emitting this exhaust out of the skirt of the thing. So, even though the first image looks like a flesh and blood, almost witchy creature, they think this thing was actually a mechanical suit, that there was a pilot inside of this thing or just a remote or a remote remote? possible possibly a remote thing but that the the, the, the eyes lit up what were the eyes were window holes portholes that there was a lit from within that shot out the light Mm. and the body glowed green and that's why it was called the green monster lit up green was this the pilot of that downed Aircraft. This is where we're going with this. <laughs> so the monster let out a screeching hiss and f- levitated towards them, and it started spewing black oil that got all over Kathleen May's apron, her dress, her house dress. And uh, everyone freaks out, starts screaming, and they take off back down the hill with, to find the rest of the group. They get back to the house, and the, the boys and Kathleen just start feeling sick, And Lemon, Eugene Lemon, the National Guardsman, he starts throwing up. It's so bad. And later they said, uh, when they went and saw a physician in the next couple days, and the physician said that they had symptoms that were very similar to that of victims of mustard gas. Mm. But they didn't see, uh, that was the last time they saw the creature. But Kathleen immediately called the sheriff. Now, this is, Bryce, you're going to love this. The sheriff and the deputy sheriff were Already out investigating in a nearby part of uh, the county, a supposed eyewitness seeing a, a, a uh, crashed airplane going mm. down. And what we're going to find out is, all this night there are over twenty-one reports of of flying saucers, and meteors, and crashing objects coming out and of the sky I- all over uh, West Virginia, so Virginia, um, Maryland, and Pennsylvania. In that in that whole area, right and this is coming on the heels of
2: of this summer where all this stuff is going on to give you a little context Donna i i in, in the last episode you know the the united states air force were playing cat and mouse with these ufo's in the summer of 52 even going so far as to be reported to have downed a few, while they took down a few of ours as well. So there was a there was a little airborne dogfight taking place over the skies of the East Coast in that summer of 52. So, oh,
0: and I supposedly someone called in the sheriff and said, "I think I just saw a plane go down. Something crashed, went down right. near nearby." So they're off. They're in the same county. They're in Braxton County, but they're off in another in another nearby town. And you know, again, it's rural, so the police department is very uh, small. The sheriff's department, the county sheriff's. Department, Department. So they decide, I think a state trooper actually, because there's all this other activity going on that night, these calls, the state trooper actually, and this would never happen today, they send out a reporter from one of the local papers. That's right. And Uh, A. Lee Stewart to go over because he had – he was a former military guy, and he was a photojournalist, and they trusted him. They knew him, and they were like, go talk to this family and see if you can find out what's going on. So A. Lee Stewart goes over there, interviews the family. He sees that they are all distressed and all freaked out. He's like, okay, well, take me back up there, and he talks Kathleen into walking him back up to the site. And he claims to have found uh, oily substance all over – and two uh, like heavy tracks that some people think had been from a truck that also drove up there from a local guy's last name was like Lockheed Lockhart or something. Yeah, but um, later findings arguments were like, well, the the the, the, the um, birth of the tracks weren't were too wide or too deep for what a truck would make up there. Anyway. Um, and so Stewart went up there, checked it out. He smelled the and, gas yeah, too. Yeah, he smelled the gas. He smelled the exhaust too. He he said that the the smell was really foul and really really bad up there. Now, as this is going on, US Air Force contacted Captain Dale Levitt, a National Guard commander to come up and expect, inspect the site that night too. Yep. Um, and I think everyone's a little on high alert because there's all this activity going on. This is night.
2: military personnel right. getting a phone call. And
0: they're calling, and again, you know it's rural because the U.S. Air Force goes, we got to call the National Guard's captain because we don't have anybody out there nearby, and they may have been dealing with something else. hmm So uh, Dale Levitt, this captain, he goes up, um, and he had already—he, too, had had been trying to investigate the area of the plane crash, and they found nothing. He and the sheriff's department found nothing over there. So then when they got a call that there was some other thing that landed— he brings 50 or 60 guys over there to the to the site behind up on the on the Fisher farm, the Bailey Fisher farm, with six, 50, 60 men and took samples. And they saw, according to them, they found a six-meter wide depression of where the boys had seen this object sitting in the in the field. He collected samples and sent them to the Air Force, and they supposedly never got back to him. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You know, because he's national, he's not part of the, you know, main air force. That same night, a local uh, educator that I think was in, he was like one of the district school guys, supervisor or superintendent, uh, he had called in the next morning after the reports came out. He had seen a craft just like that, a red glowing orbish pear-shaped thing take off from his woods nearby at 6.35 in the morning. So they think that this craft may have landed originally on the Bailey Fisher Farm. They had come up and then it had taken off again by the time they had gone back and was sort of taking off and landing all around the area yeah possibly to because it needed to make an emergency landing for repairs that's
2: what this I this is yeah. where
0: our friend uh, our friend Frank uh, Ficino jr who wrote a book that I read years ago called the Braxton County monster he's the expert when it comes to this story and he has spent years. Decades interviewing the witnesses, interviewing, uh, uh, researching all the stuff that was going on that night. And his whole book is connecting the dots between this incident and everything that was going on in the summer of 1952. He thinks that there was an aerial battle happening around that area and some of the U.S. Air Force shot down down this craft. And that this creature was actually a suit with a pilot inside of it. Now, you ask why wasn't it not just a robot— Well, because Frank found another witness from September 13th, the next night. Uh, uh, On the 13th, a couple, George and Edith uh, Snitowski, were driving with their baby in nearby Frametown when their car suddenly stopped working. Classic UFO encounter. The the car just stops. Uh, Frank gets out, checks the hood, checks the battery, can't find anything wrong with it. And he suddenly sees a light coming from the woods nearby. He gets out his flashlight, starts investigating, and here comes that exhaust rolling out of the woods. Mm. Uh-huh. And so strange. he starts coughing and sneezing. His wife, Edith, watches this from their car as their baby's crying. And out of the woods uh, comes a creature that uh, Frank described as from the waist down, Looking like a, a jet engine, a cylindrical cone or jet engine with pipes that shot out exhaust and levitated. Right. But from the waist up, instead of the glowing green hole and the little antennae and the red uh, face and spade helmet, it was a reptilian creature. Right. From the waist up. Oh, that's- they think it was the pilot and he had taken off the spacesuit essentially, but was still levitating around in this thing. Mm hmm. Edith starts screaming. Frank makes it back into the car and shuts the door, and they watch as this creature hovers around their cars. They're coughing with this, like, exhaust and this bad smell, and they say that he reached out his hand that had two, only two long reptilian fingers, placed his hand on the hood of the car, and burnt the primer off of the car. (sighs) And then he slowly went back out into the woods, and the mist evaporated, and uh, after a few moments, the car started back up, and they, they took off. Wow. Um, also on the 13th, that same day, previously that same day, Kathleen May was visited on her front doorstep by two men in suits, mm. asking her about the report. Because it had gone to the press by this point, somebody cared. Yep. So they too asked her to take her, take them up the hill where they saw this creature. She leads him up there, and and like a good Men in Black story, I she said they were wearing fine suits. I don't know if they were black. One of them was behaving a little weird. He wandered into the woods and came back out, according to her, covered. In uh, that black oily substance that she was sprayed with, they also scraped the samples off of her dress and took them with took them with her uh, took took it with them, and she never heard from them again. And when Frank Ficino, I think it was him or it was another investigator, asked her whatever happened to that dress, she was like, "Well, it was a long time ago, you know. That was a long time, you know." So Mm -hmm. she didn't really think to save it in her mind. She had uh, she maybe kept it away and then lost it in the uh, you know. In the
2: decades that followed. Well, as if the corroborating witness evidence wasn't enough. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: the story caught wind and accounts of the creature became exaggerated. Uh, the illustration accompanying the story featured a monster of more traditional flesh and blood variety the, that I showed you. Uh, but here's really, and again, we'll put this up on our Facebook. Here are some illustrations that Frank uh, Ficino Jr. did based on the eyewitness accounts of what this creature actually looked like.
1: You know like it's- a dialect. You yeah, know.
0: it does. It looks like a Dalek. It looks like yeah, a Dalek with the Dalek face. Sh- yeah. You know
2: what's so amazing, man? And
0: here are the boys and their drawing of it. And then this is a more modern rendition, computer render of what this thing might have looked like. Ah,
2: uh. I mean, and it so fits the times, right? The yeah. mustard gas, yep. the old like. Uh, the old bottom propelled thruster, like with the pipes. It's yep. so weird. Yep. Yep. It's, the it's so sort of weird. From the this, front, this, this literally is high strangeness. You see, so this is why I move towards the interdimensional <laughs> Me too. theory. So, and because we are playing an active role in what we
0: see. Right, right. So, right. So, Ivan Sanderson, was an anomalist and a writer, investigated this story and thought that the creature, he was the first one to suggest that the creature was an extraterrestrial in a mechanical suit. And that planted the seed for the book that Frank Ficino Jr. went on to write. Now Fashino thinks the Air Force shot it down and the alien was making an emergency landing for repairs. Wow. These pictures are amazing. Yeah. I can't wait for it. And you if you go to, to Flatwoods today, there's a sign that says Home of the Green Monster. They have it's become a mascot there. It's become this really famous story. But there's like a lot of these cryptids, there are a lot of um uh, there's a lot of disinformation out about there. Well, and hopefully ask... I'm not spreading more, but this is the be- this is this is the version of the story that I could collect.
1: Let's assume that it's real. Hold on. Oh, yeah. We're going
0: we're going to get to oh, that, that right the next part? away. Oh, you're going to That's the it. Flatwoods Monster. are going to figure it all out. And I when we come back, we're going to ask you what the hell
2: was that.
1: <laughs> oh, copy. Copy that. Let's do it.
2: Hey, what's up guys? This is Bryce Johnson from Bigfoot Collectors Club. Listen, if you have a paranormal story, we want to hear it. Write to Bigfoot Collectors Club at gmail.com with your paranormal encounter, and we just might read it on a future episode.
0: Okay, Donalin, Flatwoods Monster. What the what hell the hell was that?
1: Ah. I believe it. I think it was an alien. That makes 100% sense to me. Now here's where here's my question to the group and to everyone out there. So let's let's a, let's just say that it's an alien okay mm. and then for whatever reason in a suit not in a suit whatever crash landing the alien is there for a reason now we can assume from your podcast last week that it was there was some sort of military battle going on now they,
2: they were very upset that we were working on rocket guided radar controlled missiles
1: now here's my question if you look at the history of of the world like back to the egyptians back to atlantis back to you know there seems that Dinosaurs, there seems to be some sort of reset that happened. This has always fascinated mm-hmm, me, mm-hmm. is, you know, there's civilization and then there's
0: not. Mm-hmm. And then there's
1: Noah's Ark and like, or, you know, you can find it in the cultural myths. Now, my, this is one of my big things about aliens is I'm wondering, are we getting reset from the outside? And we reach a point where someone out there decides that humanity has—can I swear on this? Yeah. Has fucked up once again and is beyond repairing. And then they reboot us, and then we start all over. And I wonder. So, or do they need some sort of mineral that Earth has? And that you know. But I think it's—I think it's a bigger picture.
2: Yeah, I don't think you're too far off. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I was just gonna say. Uh, oh my! <laughs> look on your face. I, yeah, no, I got a blank face. You, and I, you I got every so episode,
0: excited. I every now and then, of just a face. Of, I'm so proud. No, but I could tell you were like excited too.
2: Yeah, no, I I, I think you're absolutely onto it. I mean, um, listen, this is why. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't know. I forgot what I was gonna say. Well, it's easy know, to you have reset, to lower. Resetting.
1: Yeah, if somebody's gonna battle you, that kind of puts you on the, them on the same level as you because you you're battling and you force something equal, but. If you consider that aliens are a more advanced race, I
2: I do remember what I was going to say. That a lot of these reports that I read, and especially some of the best ufologists in the field, like Jacques Vallee. They like to believe that there's a certain intelligence at play here, exactly, and whatever that means to that certain person, that a certain intelligence at play, playing with us, moving us socially, moving us to different parameters. Trying. So yeah, it's it trying uh, anyway. Exactly. They're more so.
1: advanced, obviously, just because they can travel. Well,
2: you know, but no. <laughs> let us add to add to that point. We here now. Here's where it gets weird, right? Where there's so much more advanced, but yet this thing. Sp- builds out mustard gas, and yet this and thing oil. Is, this thing needs a spacesuit that looks like it came out of a 60s science fiction or did pulp it, though. fiction. This
1: is people's perception with the, with the vocabulary and the knowledge that they have at the time.
2: So this what, plays a part. What
1: they know as mustard gas, what they know as oil. That yeah. doesn't mean that's what it was. I mean, we've seen all the alien shows where like, there are paintings from the 1400s well, right. where it's like, oh my god, that's an alien! Yeah. yeah. But they look at it as an angel. Or, or right. somebody
2: flying like a chariot. That looks like, you know, back in old, like Centuries ago, their depictions were like you know these yes. aliens. So, but
0: the question is, maybe they
2: looked like that. The question but is,
0: the question is, are we perceiving them? It, uh, is our brain perceiving something that we can't fathom? Yes, and and literally projecting our own modern uh, technology onto it yes. in order to understand it, or or. Are we just using the best language we have to describe what we saw? Both. I, I think it's a little bit of
2: both. Yeah. Listen, everything we see and report when it comes to this parano- paranormal stuff is always about 10 years ahead of us, 15 years ahead of us. The ghosts, why do they always look like... Uh, old old days and nowadays, where are they, and, and do they still look like they're from the old days? Like, why do our aliens change? Why do our UFOs change? You know, well, just they're, look
1: at technology. Yeah, there's been a lot of sudden bursts in technology. Well, they say, say it doubles every two years. Of, you know? Very suspicious of it.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, I I tend to think that if they're visiting us, it's more of a um, they're they're less interested in interacting with us, and that's why uh people go well why why haven't they landed it's it because why would they need well a they have they probably have but it might be like we're a flock of wild flamingos, and a scientist walks in. Does a flamingo know what a human scientist is? No. Do they care? Some of them probably don't. Some are probably very. Do they, do and they also make different races deals? as
1: well. Yeah, that's different what I'm saying. Races of aliens, well, right? I'm but sure but, but I'm, different... I'm
0: just using this as yeah. an analogy because we might be a. a, a, a flock of flamingos to them. And, and what do they need? What do scientists need from flamingos? What do zoologists need?
1: That's always my question. The, the,
0: the, Why? Well, yeah, what do they need? Well, they're just studying them. They're trying to figure out how they work. Do they care some... Someone argued they do care what happens to the to a flamingo species, and you know, I you know. So there might be some preservation taking place. There might be some tagging and studying. There might be abducting and dissecting,
1: or they or they
0: might, might not give a fuck.
1: They might have been here long before we yeah. were. They might be in our oceans. There's, yes. I mean, have you guys covered the snake people yet? No. Okay. Well, there's that whole theory of there are snake, there are aliens, the reptilians, the reptilians, yeah, living on the earth. They've been yeah, here waiting for us the underground. Have you heard earth. those? Have you heard those interviews of the of the one? Reptilian, who sort of came forward and had all these interviews. Who knows if it's real, but God, I love it. Um, There's a really fascinating exchange which chilled me and up. But it was, it, it made sense to me in the alien thing where they were like, look, we're deep inside the earth. You don't bother us, we don't bother you. You come into our area, we'll fry your brain. But otherwise, you know, we were here first. We're just going to hang out here. But then the the human interacting said, "Well, what will you do if like we ruin the earth?" Right. And they kind of go, you know, that what what will you do?" And they were like, "You are of no consequence to us. You are do you as humans think of the ants? You, you this don't This is my point we, I just said
0: flamingos But,
1: but, but yeah So uh, jumping Continuing that thought They don't necessarily Have to come from away New musical on Broadway It's fantastic <laughs> Yeah They um, can already Be here Right And be kind of popping out and maybe they have scout missions or whatever. But, I mean, I'm a firm believer that we already have alien life in the ocean. Well, in that case it would make sense that – And in the caves. And and then it makes sense
0: that, you know, not too long after the invention of the airplane, we start seeing more of these things because Mm -hmm. we're We're up in the sky now. We're looking up.
2: Yeah, if we would only just uh, study our own planet as much as we would the Moon and Mars, I think we <laughs> might be off to a good start.
0: Jeez. Okay. Well, that was. Uh, uh, thank you for dissecting that, Donalyn. Oh uh, my we God, could, so this, much. This fun. could keep going. I
1: swear to God, I could be here for like eight I hours. Know. And we could, <laughs> we, we could <laughs> Not too. Blame.
0: Unfortunately, Riley has a life to get back to. Uh, when it. we when we come back, we're gonna Thanks, we're gonna uh, ask about your... what the
2: hell was that? No, we already did that. Oh right, time warp. Time warp. We're going to... Collector's Club. Yeah, it's Collector's Club time. Something you'll love. Okay, cool. Hey, guys. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Bigfoot Collectors Club and on Twitter at Bigfoot underscore C-Club.
0: Okay, so uh, this is a clubhouse first. We did this whole, we, we just had this whole spooky conversation. We recorded our collector's corner, and Riley, our sound engineer, you're about to hear him for the first time, because what happened?
2: Um, I, well, I pushed stop, and then all of a sudden, I i had watched the whole thing record the whole time. It was all there. I pushed stop, and the file just vanished. It was gone from the computer. And all that was left was a tiny clip of the end of the segment that we'd recorded. I've... Never had that happen. And the segment the says... The segment where she goes, guys, that was so fun. And then it played back over speaker, so fun. And it also did echo her right back afterwards. This is a really one of the stranger things. <laughs> okay, I, I need happened. to ask you
1: a question as, yeah. as the resident witch. Is this place bound?
2: Uh, I don't know what that means.
1: Have you cleansed it like a stage and then bound it with, you know, ritual...
2: I have not, but maybe you could help me I out with that. I think I need to come back. <laughs> she brought something on purpose so no. she could come back. No, but, <laughs> but here's the thing you talk about
1: this stuff, you open not like necessarily portals, but you do, when you have these discussions, it sort of is good to sort of like do a very quick cleansing protective circle, which we didn't do. <laughs>
2: Well, I just always because treat every subject in. with tremendous respectability, and that's and that's my shield.
1: And this may not we we assume because it's odd that it's malevolent, but it might very well just be some energy that came in that's very positive that was like, hey, what's up? Oh, I shorted it. Get out, yeah. leave yeah. while you can. Well yeah. I'm I, sorry guys, bye.
2: I know what you mean, because if it was malevolent, it would have like fried the whole it session or something. Yeah. It was like one little five minute. And now we've got, got Riley very very on, on mic, which is nice. What a voice.
0: The clip it left was the was the phrase, so fun. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. Anyway, so,
2: so why don't you guys do your uh, collector's corner one more time for the again. first time? Yes. Let's so, do it again,
1: Mr. Michael.
2: Jeez. This is where <laughs>
0: being experienced actors come in. Uh that, that was spooky. That was really, really weird because we heard it just as we were saying goodbye. Donalyn said, so, oh, that oh, was so, so fun. fun. And then over the speakers, there came a, the clip. Me, of me saying. No, me. Oh, was it, it was me saying, oh, so, fun, so fun, echoing you. Oh, my And so that's the only thing that survived. So, uh, Bryce, you brought something for the Collectors Club today, didn't you? I did, We've already. We're going to
2: pretend we haven't seen it and yet. And you know what? But, I'm so glad I get to do this again because I forgot out to shout out the guy who gave this to me. So, a good friend of mine, an excellent science fiction writer and director named Mike Bates, as a gift, gave me... Um, Ray Parker Jr.'s opus, Ghostbusters, the 30th anniversary glow-in-the-dark 10-inch LP. It was something I treasure to this day. And (laughs) I
1: was saying, I was like, I either owned this or I really wanted it or, like, my brother had it because I'm looking at it and I have a very, like... Tangible Connection to it I either stood In the record store And looked at it For a very very long time Or I, I My brother had it and I One of
0: the it. first <laughs> Like performances I ever did Was for my third grade class My teacher made me get up And sing the Ghostbusters Theme song for everybody Who did? Oh my well, god My third grade teacher Why? The, she liked me She was like one of the <laughs> only Elementary school teachers That liked me
1: Okay but seriously though Mine was Wild did it by go over?
0: Great They <laughs> loved it I, I mean, did, I, Were
1: you a smash? Were you just a huge Yeah
0: deal? I mean my, they, I was still a dork But it, I entertain the people. I got you some do. applause. Go, <laughs> bless, so, Donna yeah. Lynn, what? what do you collect?
1: Um, well, you know, being of of the witchy persuasion, um, I do have things that I collect. I have, um, I love keys. Um, the like
0: janitor keys. <laughs>
1: Yeah, they just make me feel important. <laughs> like everyone trusts me. No, uh, the, the old-fashioned skeleton keys. Yeah. There's just something artistic like you'd and romantic. You find in a little graveyard and,
0: or an old Victorian house,
1: right? Or old jewelry boxes. They don't yeah. have to be big. They can be, you know, the little ones. I just love the shape of it. I just find it very beautiful and full of, um, full of
2: magic. Yeah,
1: and uh, uh, stones. Um, just because uh, you know, I, I I feel that they do have genuine. Um, Properties, healing, protection. Um, so I have a lot of gemstones, um, and then uh,
0: you were telling us something well, really cool about cards. Yeah.
1: Okay. So I'm a I'm a tarologist above other things. Uh, tarot. Tar- tarot is the thing that I get the most. Like when I studied with Judy, we kind of I I kind of had a nice sort of like. Well, what about astrology? Well, what about runes? Well, what about you know this or that? The neurology and um, reflexology and the the tarot cards were my thing. Um, and so for about a two to three year period, while I was sort of embracing the cards and learning about the cards and kind of opening up myself, I, in New York city, I would find not necessarily, not, not always tarot cards, but like just regular playing cards, which of course, if you read tarot, you can, you can do a reading for somebody from a plain deck of cards. You just have to have the knowledge of what it all means. But I would find like about 10 cards in a row Um, just on the sidewalk on the sidewalk and everybody just everybody else like walking by them as if they are not and they're playing
0: cards or tarot cards well
1: one time most of the time was playing cards okay um but one time and then i would i would take i would pick them up in order like breadcrumbs Uh uh-huh and i would pick them up and 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 usually they were wet (laughs) it was either (laughs) snow or rain it was always like hilarious thanks universe and i would they would stick together (laughs) and i would put them in my pocket and then i'd go home and i'd put the laid them out in order as a reading and I would write it down and it would I, it would always be applicable, which was crazy. And another time it was actual tarot cards that were my deck. I, I used the writer deck. Mm-hmm. Um which is a very uh, that's
0: the old school that's kind when of you think like of tarot the base, cards yeah, that's you picture yes. the writer deck.
1: And um I've always wanted to find another well I haven't wanted to because I haven't gotten another deck but I've always been open to it but I've I've had the same deck for like 25 wow. years. Um, and uh another time it led me straight to a music shop. I was uh I was looking for an instrument. I couldn't find it anywhere and I I went to the end of it and I looked up and it was like oh I should maybe just look in here, and there it was. I found the thing. You I was literally looking for.
0: followed a trail of cards to it's crazy. an antique music store. Well,
1: Judy, my teacher, she kind of opened me up to that because her teacher apparently left dimes. Wow! Whenever you found a dime, uh, you she knew that her teacher was trying to communicate. Right. or and and um, I was like, oh, that's cool. I wonder what my thing is. And like, literally a month later, these cards started to appear, and it hasn't happened so much. Lately.
0: I I once uh, saved a a hummingbird's life that I found on a sidewalk. (gasps) And through the help of my sister, uh, who gave me instructions on mixing uh, sugar water, I brought this little thing back to, like, he drank from my hand. He was, like, on death's door. That's amazing. And I, like, sat with him for, like, 30, 40 minutes until he suddenly, like, he went from being a little, like, clump to, like, he did this thing where he just stretched his a wings and suddenly rising. looked like a butterfly totally. and took off. And I swear to God, ever since that time, now my neighborhood has hummingbirds. Mm-hmm. But I'll be walking down the sidewalk, and a hummingbird will fly right up into my face, hover, and then take off as oh, if that's to say, your "Totem." And they've started now. I'm like, see them everywhere. Yeah. Weird, right? Do you
1: make connections to, do you go further with that and try to figure out why? Or do you just a sort little, of enjoy little,
0: it? A, I enjoy it, but I kind of, I'm I kind of like, oh, they know I'm a friend. Mm. <laughs>
1: Also, over the rainbow, whenever I hear over the rainbow, somebody singing it on the radio and a commercial, whatever, for me, it makes me, um, I, it, it gets my attention and I start to look and just sort of right. see why wake, wake, am I supposed to look right. at this a oh, little more. Yeah. Like a little
0: cue, like, hey, hey, yeah, something's going to happen. That's there's really also cool. that
1: great series of Conversations with God. Have you guys ever yeah, seen books? Yeah, it's a fun? great series. Where it kind of wakes you up to, like, no, you hearing that song at that time on yeah. the radio. It's not an accident. Yeah. Well, listen,
2: I would challenge our audience members to be open to stuff and look up in the sky. Magical and you thinking, do, totally. And you, uh, you'd be amazed what you see up yeah. there.
0: Mm-hmm. Cool, uh, Donna Lynn. Before we go, you're on Crazy Ex Girlfriend. I
1: am. I'm you're, in uh, downsizing, which
0: is out now. Which is out
1: now. The new Alexander Payne. And Incredible. where can people
0: find you? Uh, what, t- what's your Twitter? Twitter.
1: Twitter I'm at D L Champlin.
0: And you're on Instagram, but you I don't am, really do. I'm
1: horrible at it's okay. it. Somebody's got to. Will you give me a tutorial? Do you sure. understand Instagram? Yes, of course. All right. We're
0: on uh, Instagram as well, Bigfoot Collectors Club. Find
2: us, uh, Bryce. Anything you want to plug? Definitely want to shout out the audience and thank you guys so much for listening. Dude. I've been getting good feedback from friends and family. I and
0: love watching. Just no, so it sounds creepy. Like I'm on my tower on high, but I'm. <laughs> you, I can literally watch the audience grow on our website That's so on exciting. the Podbean thing, and it's really really cool. So thank you so much for Seriously, listening. Guys. Really appreciate it. We're rate so us, review happy us. us. Yep, that you guys are listening and tuning in.
1: I have a random question. Yeah. Do you need to be like on iTunes to listen to your podcast or you can Great listen question. to it everywhere? Because yeah, right. I remember looking for it and okay. I, I was a little we're confused. We're on all
0: platforms. We're on Podbean. We're on iTunes. Okay. We're on Stitcher and we are on Google Play. So you can listen to us on off your podcast app on i. It's your podcast app on your iPhone, not iTunes. If you're on your laptop, you can go directly to iTunes app and listen to us there. But on your phone, it's your podcast app. I'll show you you how to do it. And then if you have the Stitcher app or Podbean app or Google Play app, you can listen to us there. We're basically now anywhere uh, podcasts can be found. So please rate, review, subscribe. It'll help us get the word out. And we know you guys are a big community because you're already reaching out. Tell your friends who are in all this stuff about the show. We would uh, love to hear from everybody. That's it. Cool. Riley, do we got this?
1: Should we say it just for a He's like, I don't know. You guys, it was so
0: fun!
2: (laughs) (laughs) Don't know that's the one.